Before you have been victimized or exported by this prisoner, please contact customer service at 855-466-4666. All subject matter in the preceding podcast is entirely alleged and not admissible in a court of law. A recklessly minimal effort has been taken to change the names and details of any guilty parties. And just in case you rat bastards get any ideas, the hosts of this podcast are notorious and well-documented liars with no legally admissible credibility. This is Mama C, and you're listening to Notes from the Pin Podcast. Welcome to prison, bitch. Greetings from the prison industrial complex. You are listening to the new, some would say decline, Notes from the Pin podcast. I am not your fucking captain, but I am your, we'll see, maybe still favorite convict, Bobby C. And uh, not even in the boat wake, just up here on a mutinist crew, I have one of the usual suspects on the outside, Cousin Greg. Hello, hello world everybody. How's everybody doing? Rhetoric. I'm nervous. Yeah, you said hello world everybody. Start yeah. good fucking and then, start. And then <laughs> I went uh and then I did the number one thing, the hey, how's everybody doing today? And they can't even answer. You know you know what yeah, that so, reminds me of? Uh it reminds me of uh one of those things where like if you're taking a flight and they say, Okay, enjoy your flight and you go, You thank you, you too. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you too enjoy you say, oh, we're, okay, I'm going to mm-hmm. take my seat now. Yeah, now yeah. most of you will remember Cousin Greg from the estrogen-filled episode. I don't know what it was originally called, mm-hmm. but I think that's what Mama C called it. And I looked back when she sent me, like, a screen grab of the episodes, and I go, that's what you fucking called that one? It was already terrible enough. Now, change it to something else, whatever. And so <laughs> one of the reasons... Um, you were the uh, co-host on one, or the person I was talking at, was because the captain didn't like doing uh, doing certain things. And now that I'm looking back, you know, they were the the more emotional ones. Uh, he didn't like positive shit. He it is much. He didn't definitely didn't like love or anything like that. But old cousin Greg is um, he's fine with it. Not only is he fine with it, he likes it in, in a way that makes me. Uh, open up and be a little weirdo about, like, yeah, let's be little schoolgirls and kick our Asian feet up behind us, and, like, you know what I mean, if we, <laughs> we're in our pajamas, like, gossiping and shit. So, you know, moving forward, you know, after after hearing from a bunch of the Pebbles and the viewers and, and whatnot, we figured, uh, I decided we got to keep going. Um, who knows what it's going to look like? We'll figure it out as we go. It's not going to be as smooth or polished because we had a lot of momentum and we definitely had our groove before the ship went sideways. And so, you know, we did the one with with the 23-year-old, and then we had a throwback one that you guys just listened to, which was like a little bonus, the original episode 50. So we could end on a good note here in the captain and your favorite convict. Tell a Guy Ritchie story that's probably too complex for a phone call, a set of phone calls, but we did it. And so here we are kind of finding our footing and um, finding out what this is going to be or what this is going to look like. You know, I don't know. Uh, I had talked to you. You had been along for the ride. And by that, I mean I was, you know, you were one of the people I talked to every every couple of days. You know, we're, we're there when, when, I, when we didn't know, when I didn't know what I was going to do going forward, you know. Yeah, well put, well put. So let me try this again. Hello, everybody. Um, this is cousin. <laughs> this, is, this is this is this is cousin Greg. <laughs> I told you I'm nervous. This is this. I have um 
a little intro here. This is Cousin Greg, a.k.a. Queen Estrogen, a.k.a. Standards and Flip-Flops, <laughs> your favorite Asian on the outside and your favorite Asian convict on the other line on the inside. How appropriate yeah. right now, right, in the climate, two Asians on the phone. Oh, too far. Oh, God. Now, all right, so yep. we're, this is what's going to happen. We, we didn't really plan this, but it is, I guess, uh, serendipitous. It, I don't mm. know if that can be used for a negative term. But with all the Asian hate crime going on, so, you know, what I'm thinking now is that we will, I'm sure, give you – you know what? If you look back chronologically, maybe the Asian hate crime doesn't have anything to do with the Kung flu as much as it has to do with me and you estrogening out in the one episode about <laughs> love and shit. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. And uh, without getting too Asian-y or nerdy, I'm sure we'll delve off into some of that stuff. But first, okay, what do you think? You don't know about this. So we obviously, without the, the fancy mixer and mic that the captain has and without, um, you know, Mama C has been trying to, she's moving and they bought a house and, one they can barely afford, which is, like, right on brand for them. <laughs> so I do have to become successful at some point in order to to come rescue them <laughs> when they're over their head in a mortgage. Or, oh, she's me so mad about this. But, um, yeah, so we didn't really know what was going on. So I started thinking, well, we're definitely going to have to go down to one one a week instead of two a week. It's too much for Mom to see. It's too much to do. Even there's almost too much for me and the captains. You know what I mean? There were times where he just had to take old shit and, like, put it together but so we were thinking one a week one one version of of kind of this of with some of the usual suspects out in the world um but really br- like spreading that net out farther and even having like just kind of spitballing be cool to have just random viewers like do little segments where i call them but the logistics of how we're going to do it comes in so we're thinking about trying to find instead of spending thousands trying to find like a nice hundred dollar mic something and this is technology that i'm sure exists i don't know what it is i don't know if you know what it is of like ideally having someone order a mic that's 80 bucks 100 dollars, whatever and somehow they plug it into their phone and they can plug in earbuds with their phone and that way just the recording process is a little more refined Um, thoughts yeah no absolutely it's a great idea for all you techie folks out there um if you have any ideas all ideas are welcome because that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, and I'm kind of like really going to have to make an effort not to keep just putting you on the spot, um, hoping that you get nervous and like fuck up, or because you're really giving me a lot of fucking leg room. Because normally when we talk, it's me and you talking over each other half the time. Yeah. And uh, this time I talk. So okay, so we decided the the one day a week thing probably worked. We'll talk into our famous our favorite comedian. Um, friend of the show, uh, Doug Stanhope, I was talking to him, and in the background, he kind of, I'm on speakerphone, because that's usually how it is, I talk to Bingo, or who, Dave Rader, whoever's over there, we're all chatting, Shaley, and so sometimes he's the farthest away from the phone, making a ham sandwich, or whatever he's doing, and I hear, like, because he's on speakerphone, I don't really hear, but I hear, dump something, something funny, if I host, and I was like, okay, well, I didn't really hear him, and then Towards the end, he's like, yeah, I just did think that would be funny. And I was like, what? And he's like, it, well, like I don't know how it is with you and your – because I was – after he got back from the Joe Rogan thing in, in Austin, I was like, yeah, I really wanted to call you. But he told me, like, he's, like, kind of isolating himself for 10 days before he goes. So I didn't want to be the guy who was, like, breaking his balls. Like, hey, I don't, I don't count for that, you know. And 
ironically, when I did call him, he's like, three fucking days I'm driving to you. You don't call. You don't, like, we could have been talking, and I'm like, look, I didn't want, I didn't want to be that guy. I said, I said it's the same reason you don't call Depp, Johnny Depp, a bunch, because you don't ever want to out, wear out your welcome or be the thirsty guy. And he goes, what? No, Depp can call him whenever he wants. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm saying in the scenario, you're Depp and I'm you. <laughs> but he, what he had said was during the call, it's like, it would be funny if I just took over and was co-host. He said, I would co-host the notes from the end podcast with you awesome. <laughs> and i'm like i'm like first of all let's not jump the gun here bud you gotta you gotta put in an application like anyone else right yeah let's not assume you're just i've heard sure i've heard of you before sure you have a 14 <laughs> uh, hour long comedy special sure i have right. two of your books in my show but let's just reel it in a bit you're right. an aging white dude on the down his, his career like, you know what I mean? Is uh-huh. Joe Coy available? That's what I... That's what I <laughs> yeah, the no, but, but there. I was obviously, like, like flattered and was just like, yeah, that would be... Actually, and then I started really kind of thinking about it, and then the next two times I called him, he brought it up again, and was basically like, I don't want to get... I don't want to have Shaley. Shaley, he's basically told me I, I do it, I'm down to do it, but I don't know how technically. And I go, you don't know how to do shit technically. Shaley's the one who does And he's like, I know, but he's got so much shit going on that I don't... And then he goes, Tarek, mm-hmm. Tarek, who's like Bingo's and Bingo's band. He's like, he knows how. And so I realized at this moment, this is the first call still towards the end. I'm like, oh, he's serious. Hmm. That'd be really yeah. good. He wants to do, we haven't hashed it all out, but uh, we've talked about it a couple of times. And he's serious enough that I, I feel okay mentioning it. He only wants to do 15 minutes. 15-minute, one-to-two-call episodes, right? So 15, 20, maybe. I'm trying to talk into a half-an-hour episode. Okay. Now, considering we're down to one, I was like, well, it'd be really cool to do one of Doug every week. Me and Doug do one on Monday, a shorter one. And then on Friday, we do an hour-long one of the usual suspects, the longer, more thought, more annoying or thought out or whatever version of me and you or Jen or Linda or Mama C or... Uh, ladies wear or whoever, some version of that as a Friday one. And I don't know, there's a lot of possibilities that I didn't really think about when I was talking to the 23-year-old. She said, oh, I don't know what this would be, but, you know, with Stanhope, all of a sudden, like all the pull he has and connections he has could somehow be integrated into the show. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I think it's a great idea. Um, Shout out Stanhope. He is a comedy legend. And, uh, I, I, uh, yeah, he's great. I, uh, had the pleasure of listening to Rogan's podcast where he was on and, uh, wow. Mm. We have to discuss that at some point today. We have to. Yeah. Well, yeah, we should discuss it now and listen to this, you know, but first, wait, hold on. The first, first, um, give me a quick Shit. rundown. I just, uh, yeah, I just, I just grabbed the ore. Isn't that the thing? I, okay, yeah, listeners need to know that, that it's an or, yeah. I am, okay, so, uh, I have no knowledge of, of boat wakes. Uh, so, I mean, I, uh, I, I'm not, uh, I'm from North Jersey. So it's gonna be, you know, fucking, I don't even know what it's gonna be, but it's not that. But anyway, what's been going on there? What's new? Um, it's been a little while. Um, what's going on around there? I think you mentioned the weight pit. Give me a little rundown as to, you know, how you're living, what's going on. Alright, well, uh, <laughs> What's going on? Really, I don't see how any of it supersedes the the Rogan thing. Now no. there is a 
there is a uh, they reopened the way pit partially, which is a thing. But I think we let's talk about the Rogan thing first. Let me take okay. your goddamn ore back from you. You fuck. Right, you got me. it. Fuck you. <laughs> um, so yeah. So listen. So so Stano told me because he knows I, I was like listening to Rogan's podcast in the world. Like when it first came out, and you know. So he told me, you know, earlier in the month, he's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be on Rogan's on the 24th. I drive out there on the 22nd. I was all excited. I was like, cool, cool, cool. And there was a part of me later that, I think later that night, was like, imagine, what if he did mention? I would never ask him to or anything like that. That's just not my fucking, that's not, you know me. I wear a, a, yeah. a V-neck and an act nonchalant. Right. Let the rest, like, <laughs> take care of so, so, but then I thought about it. And I'm like, man, that'd be crazy. So the day he's going to be on there, no, the day after he was on there, um, I knew he was driving out there early and driving back. I'm standing at the microwave, microwaving a soup, and I'm listening to talk radio. And the only talk radio we get here is Bob and Tom in the morning. It's like a Midwest, you know, more family-friendly talk radio, you know, shit. Okay. And there's some funny people on there and stuff. And uh, I hear they're talking about Elton John and Captain Kirk or Spock or whoever it was, and they talk about Elton John. And then as the little, you know, light in the microwave, it's because this is morning time. I'm drinking my first cup of coffee, cup of my eyes have... The microwave going, and um, just out of it. Kind, I hear Doug Stanhope today, and I'm like, "Wait, what?" I'm like, "Is he dead?" Okay, he's got to be dead. Why else would they be talking about Stanhope? And um, they're like, "Yeah, it's his birthday today." They were doing celebrity. You have one minute remaining. Oh, there she so they is. did um, Elton John birthday before, oh. and then they did his, and I was like, "Ooh, cool, fucking Doug Stanhope." That bastard didn't even tell me it was his fucking birthday. You know, because birthdays, he probably hates them, which is the only reason I wanted to tweet at him or, I mean, not text him. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I, uh, you know, I go back, work out, do whatever it is, and then uh, run into the swarthy one on the way to Chow, and he mm-hmm. goes, finally saw the episode of Bar Rescue with Doug Stanhope, which there's this show where, you ever seen that? Like the new I have. Type guy yeah, that's a good show. Yeah, that's cool. Well, there's one that Doug's on, and he gets super shit-faced, and we've been waiting to catch it, so he's like... I don't know if it's a coincidence or because it was his birthday. He's like, I finally caught, I caught the tail end of it this morning. And I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. I'm like, okay, two weird random Doug Stanhope references. And then uh, later I call, and I don't expect, I knew he was on Rogan. I don't expect to hear that for, I don't even know when it's going to come out. You know what I mean? Right. Let me, let me uh, hit you back. Give it a little break. Okay. All right, cool. Sounds good. Thank right. you for using GTL. Yeah, we're back. So yeah. I end up calling Mama C, and uh, she's got this real giddy boy. I hear something on the background. She's all giddy. She goes, did you talk to Jen? Did you? And I'm like, she's like, do you know? And I'm like, no, what's up? Because I figure, I think she even told me something came out earlier that day or the day before. So I was like, it'll probably be a couple of days. And she, she, I said, no, I don't. And then she almost turned it up or holds the phone closer, and it's a segment where Stanhope and Rogan are talking about the comedians in prison and... It's super surreal hearing Rogan's voice talk about like something I wrote and hearing Doug in the background and um, was blown away, like literally almost like welled up with tears and, and like of joy. It was just like, what is going on? Like, what the fuck has happened in the world that, you know, from my understanding, Rogan, I mean, at least when I was out there and I, and I, no, he just did the $100 million deal with Spotify a couple of months ago. That He was the biggest podcast in the world when I was out there, I believe, between him and, like, uh, Mark Marin, 
know what I mean? It was, uh, Rogan, I'll say Rogan is definitely uh, the biggest podcast out there. An avid podcast listener, uh, I think he's the biggest one. So that's still the case. I mean, in the back of my mind, I'd always been telling, I mean, one time, um, not that long ago, drug, uh, Doug, drug, drug, strand rope, was like all drunk and shit, and I was talking to him, and he was like, I was talking to Dave Rader, because he was partying, and he was in the background, so he gave the phone to Dave, who's like the opposite of Doug Stanhope. He's like a banker, goes to bed at like 8 p.m. every night and shit. I love Dave Rader. And, um... He keeps grabbing the phone and go, hey, Bobby, did I tell you this? Did I tell you that? And one of them is, did I tell you I plugged you on Legion of Skanks? And I said, yeah, I don't, that's great. Like, I don't know what that is, but uh, I'm assuming it's a podcast or whatever. And I was like, Legion of Skanks today, uh, Joe Rogan tomorrow. And he's like, yeah, yeah, he'll be on Rogan's one day, is what he said. I meant just being plugged on me, you know what I mean? And, yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, it was just super surreal and super... I just filled my, it's the happiest I've been since being in prison, which I'm sure most people would say is a low bar, but just couldn't even believe it. Just smile from ear to ear and I was floating and just like, I felt so um, hopeful and just like, yes, like I've been working for a while on this shit and just Doug is the greatest. And I made Jen play the rest of it and you just hear this Doug is not taking no for an answer. You know what I mean? He's like, no, it's from the pin duck Look it up. Pull it up. Look at your... This guy's great. And, it, you know, and, and Joe was damn near more interested in Twyman, uh, the guy who killed his mom. Yeah. Who's on my J-pad? You know, he's written me a couple times. And, um, yeah, I, was, uh, I felt so good that I was actually worried. You know, I've been down right. this enough, and I was like, ooh, you know, what comes after a peak is a valley. So, you know, I remember saying out loud to my mom, I'm like, I'm just going to enjoy this peak, though, for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's what you're supposed to do. You know, you ride the highs, appreciate them, and then uh, that's it. You know. Yeah. But uh, it was a great. It was it was awesome. Um, and you're absolutely right. Stan Hope was taking. Uh, you know, was not taking no for an answer. He he, he had uh, Rogan pull it up. They were going through uh, your segment on uh, uh, comedians in prison. You were getting laughs. I mean, I know the piece. It's hilarious. And uh, wow. I mean, as a listener and as a friend. Hearing all this Bobby Caldwell, all this notes of the pen on the Rogan experience, I was like, wow. So <laughs> definitely, I definitely felt the, uh, the gravity there. That was massive. Yeah. Great timing by the captain. By the I way. was just going to say, <laughs> I wasn't sure if we were going to go there, but I was going to say that. When all the stuff that was happening, time I to jump off the ship. I, when all the stuff was happening, I, like after like I was dealing with him, but like, like way down the list, I go, and he knows about this. You know, you that uh, – that Stan Hope was going to be on Rogan's, I go, there's a chance he could mention us, man. It's not, I mean, only because I'm sure they're going to talk about the corona, like what he did when he was in quarantine. And one of the things he did was, like, he tried to quit smoking and drinking for 40 days, which ended after 10 days when Shaley made a prison wine recipe, and then that's how they broke it. They got drunk on it when I called in, yeah. and we were doing a podcast. So I said, there's a chance. And then, could you imagine? I'm like, can you imagine if we got mentioned on and then that's what happened, and, uh, you know, I know he was, I'm sure he heard about it and was happy about it, but, uh, yeah, the timing wasn't wasn't real great. But here, just to show you about what prison's like, I was floating like that, and it wasn't um, 10 hours later, or however long, you know, well, definitely it wasn't 24 hours later yet. The um, I'm standing in a line to sign up for the newly partially reopened weight hit, and instead yeah. of call-out, you got to, like, 
they put it down, they put the list out randomly, and there's only so many slots, I think 48, and you got to rush down there, and it's a, and there's like the next morning, I'm about to get into a fight with a guy because people are trying to cut, and I'm like, any motherfucker who left anybody in front of them is a bitch, and da da and you know, I'm like, okay, so the greatest feeling I had, right, since I've been in prison, like, look at this, just we're doing it, all the, we're definitely continuing the show now, all these pebbles, all the viewers are along for the ride, look what we did, everyone, but, you know, and then, uh, you know, less than 24 hours later, I'm like, you know, prison has a way of reminding you, hey, 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 that's all great, but you're still in prison. And the most important thing now is getting your name on that weight pit list so you can go to the weight pit tomorrow. <laughs> and so, you know, I just check myself after that, too. Like, you know, it's, it's after that, it's like, okay, what next? It's yeah. great. It's an amazing, like, little feather in the old cap. And it was so cool. And, I knew I loved Doug before, and this was just the greatest. And uh, but to hear him kind of do that, it was just great. And I and I felt like, not like for me, but like for me, the captain, the viewers, like everyone, like look who we did, guys. Like look at this like little humble thing we were doing that everyone's been pitching in on, everyone's been putting in on, and taking part of, and sending questions, and just along for this roller coaster. Look what we did, guys. You know what I mean? I was so fun absolutely, smoke, man. and I still am, man. And it's so beautiful. Yeah. beautiful. Beautiful thing, man. Yeah, listen, you should you should be, and you're being modest, and so I will t- I will go ahead and say that it's a huge um, accomplishment. Well, it's just a huge, massive thing to be, uh, you know, working as hard as you have been, and then uh, get mentioned on Rogan is is, is huge, man. It's a it's a yeah. big deal. It I'm happy cool, it happened. Man. Very cool. I wanted to nerd out with everyone about it, and you know, one of the things yeah. that happened, seemingly either coincidentally or co- correlated directly to it is um i talked to i think mama c yesterday and she goes did you did you talk to so-and-so did you did you hear i'm like hear what she's like there's an imposter i think it was a word she used and um so i guess that there's a fake notes from the pin with an s at the end notes from the pins um account on instagram with my picture with a couple of my pictures on it and they went and followed everyone that was following and um, ladies' wear, old purse, was uh, real quick to discover it. Um, and uh, yeah, did yeah, I was duped. Any, uh, I was duped by it. Uh, absolutely, I feel like uh, such an idiot. All right, yeah. like uh, you know, imitation is what is it? The best flattery or, or something like that? But flattery. There it is. So I got a little notification notes from the pens. You would think the pluralizing of the pens would have tipped <laughs> me off, but it didn't. I guess I was thinking, I was like, well, I don't know. I know the boat weight, the boat weight has, has has changed. Maybe this is a, okay, confirm. And then uh, two seconds, out, like an idiot, and then two seconds after that, I saw the uh, the little Instagram story where your mom was was, uh, was was kindly letting everybody know that it was an imposter. So I uh, got my revenge. I went back and I unfollowed, and then I blocked it and reported it. Okay, yeah, I know. Did you hear the story of how ladies wear figured it out? <laughs> no, I'd love to hear it. Go ahead. So I guess... Um, what this person was doing was like following the people I follow and then messaging them. Now we don't know what the goal was. I'm assuming money at some point, um, which is crazy because it's like I don't outwardly like. Let me first of all, I'm not even really asked. But so you're okay, and that like really got me worked up. Anyways, the idea that like you're whatever. Um, yeah. But I heard the pictures the person used weren't so bad. So that's kind of a little takes a little <laughs> out of it. So he says he's sitting there and he gets a message from notes from the pins, which I don't think he noticed either. And it says, Hey, what's up? How you been lately? And he's thinking, Well I just talked to you today. You know how the fuck I've been lately. <laughs> and um 
And how would I be just trucking messaging him on there? So um, exactly. he said something like that, like, yeah, you know how I've been. How are you even? And the person said, well, I got a phone in here. I got a phone in prison. And um, he said, uh, what did he say? Oh, yeah, and, and he goes, uh, I got a phone in here, but, uh, you know, I'm just uh, struggling, but uh, I'm, pr- I'm praying um, for, I'm praying for peace and strength and whatever. And then instantly, oh ladies, where it goes. That doesn't even sound like you. Say less. This isn't fucking Chino. Fuck. Like, fuck, say less. Fuck off. This isn't Chino. And I go, how'd you yeah. know it wasn't me? He goes, because he said pray. Right. Right. <laughs> even I, I picked like, that up immediately. That's not how I'm fucking talk. Wait a minute. And so the yeah. guy, so, so he said, why would you, why the fuck would you say that? And the lady's where it goes, uh, all right, if this is uh, Bobby, he says Chino in the story, which um, he's like, mm-hmm. okay, this is Chino. Then, uh. What's one of my nicknames? Just one of my nicknames. And the guy says, uh, I don't have to prove nothing to you. I don't have to fucking prove nothing to you, Florida boy. Am I taking a shot in the dark? <laughs> like, it's like that was his nickname. And he's like, yeah, fuck you. That's not. This is. And then the dude blocked him. <laughs> and Florida, shit. Idiot. But, but lady was concept. like, I don't know how he knew that I was from Florida because it's not in any of my other social media shit. So, oh, that is, that is weird. So he had, I guess he accumulated at the most four followers and then, um, and then got down to two, which. Well, yep. I dropped off since then. So. If you got, got more than uh, more followers than I, I don't even think we have that many, too many followers, a couple hundred on, uh, on Instagram. But, I mean, is this, I think uh, the, the 23 year old tweet, is this fame? Is this what fame looks like? I think this, it is. Oh, it's, <laughs> oh, yeah. And then he said he looked at all the people that this person was following, and the one that he he didn't recognize as anyone that I was actually following was from Gabon or uh, somewhere in Africa. Okay. And uh, was like, oh, yeah, scammer, trying to get that bread probably. And, uh, you know, couldn't. And then so I tell the swarthy one, Blaze, and he's irate. <laughs> he is. He goes, if you want to fucking take some, you know, we're killers in here, bro. Like, like we're, he's like, what? That's it. He's like, as soon as I get the stimulus check, I'm spending $300. We're going to find, get his phone number. We're looking this guy up and we're, and I'm like, settle down. We're not, he wants to, he's like, tell him I'm going to buck 50 him when I get out. I'm like, I'm not telling him anything. This yeah. one, he has every, all of us blocked and shit. He's still irate if I bring it up. He's, and I said, we're not spending, you're not spending $300 for, like, to find, especially because he didn't get anything. He didn't, he didn't rip off any of the viewers, hopefully. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so if you guys are, are it's notes from the pins. Maybe he meant to write notes from the penis and then left the eye out. <laughs> Maybe That's just, true. Maybe he was trying to go out on his own, you know, do his whole, you know, his own thing. And, and it's actually, yeah, that actually, that, that's, uh, maybe he has a podcast about, I don't know, some type of correspondence between his penis and. It would be hard to tell the difference at this point between uh, his, his and ours. You know? uh, but I like to think that somehow uh, there was a guy in Africa listening to uh, the Joe Rogan experience, and it's like, what is this? And he's like, okay, I got yeah. I got gotcha. you. We'll see you. But how – okay, so, like, there's some things to take away from this. I think you're doing I'm – first of all, it's both sad on his part and, like, kind of, like, braggy on my part. Like, mm-hmm. That I'm doing good enough. I'm a guy in prison. So, like, out of all identities to steal, you want to you want to take a guy who's in fucking prison? Like, oh, you can actually switch with me if you want. Like, you can actually have my life. Like, I'll give you a come do my time, and I'll go to Gabon or wherever the fuck you're from, and then try to figure something out if you really, you know what I mean, got it that bad. Right. 
understand. Kind of makes him a little funny to me, and it's kind of funny. The oh, fact that you bring up funny. you bring up you bring up a great point that of all the people that he could choose to 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 you know to thief. right. He he goes like like I feel like I'm picturing him somewhere and like uh, you know in some sad room and he's like, darn it, I gotta I gotta get back to the drafting board. I gotta figure out a new one. He's on to the next because that one didn't work out. Surprise, surprise. Well, his friends they all got like uh, attractive blonde women with the, you know porn star yeah. pictures are using. <laughs> and he's like, this guy really thinks outside the box though. His friends were all telling him he's like that's not. They're like come on, come on Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Jeff. You, this isn't going to... He's like, watch, you guys are... Everyone's tired of the old porn star with the amazing ass and the Instagram. Right. You have one minute remaining. The Persian, the Persian prince. Ch- chick with great tits. Uh, watch watch how good... Maybe he's the best. And he's like, watch how good I am. I'm going to take this half Asian dude that's in prison right now <laughs> and watch how much money... I, oh, I'm blocked. Never mind. I've been reported. <laughs> Yeah, onto the next. <laughs> okay, well, uh, I'm gonna hit you back. Yeah, yo, give me one great. second. I have to put, I have to put more money on the phone. Oh, I took the one oh second. Oh my god! All right. Are you gonna yeah, do I'll it like? Um, I'm doing it right now. The... Okay, because I'm on my favorite phone right now. And I'm no, don't get off it. Don't get off it. I'm not getting off. I'm all jazzed up, and right. my Asian friend can't even fuck. Just is not prepared. Now, when you say breaking down, <laughs> I'm bad with numbers. Right. I'm bad with numbers. This isn't one that's a good one. Break down other ones. Make know. your dick bigger. Don't do it. Don't I know. Down. That would be. No. Instead, no. Instead, not punctual and irresponsible with the. the oh, are you doing it yet? Do I I'm, have to I'm, be I'm, off the phone? Yeah, you got to be off the phone. Thank you for using GTL. Oh. All right. We're in business. We're in business. Okay. All right. So, uh, so yeah, a lot has, like, taken place since. You know, in the meantime, so I, so I was thinking like, yeah, are we gonna do this or, you know, maybe I'll just go back to writing more. And then all this shit started was to ha- continuing to happen, like as it has been. Everyone knows for the last four or five years, that was just like, oh shit, I'd like to talk about this. Oh shit, I'd like to talk about that. Oh shit. And then coincidentally, we kind of touched on it with uh with you on the phone. Let's talk about uh this sudden uh, explosion or at least um, exposure of what is uh, a deemed Asian hate crime now, right? What do you, uh, where are you with this? Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely been a hot button. And, uh, I would be, I'm all for it. Yeah. <laughs> I would be lying if I said I was not, uh, disturbed by it. I find it very disturbing. And, uh, I spent a lot of time being pissed off about it to be quite, quite frank. What, so you, so the listeners, listeners know that uh, we, we've kind of discussed it before. I mean, the, the episode that actually um, that, that comes to my mind is, uh, I mean, you had met, you had categorized. I think you call you, you you talked about the emasculinization of the Asian man. Do you remember that? Yeah, the, the where I talk, I actually had uh, Mama C um, retweet. Uh, that a uh, link to that episode just because all this stuff was going on and some of the subjects were touched upon and for the first time in a long time or ever probably I heard I saw every news channel scrambling for whatever Asian people they knew <laughs> to get them on there and uh, have them talk about their experience and there were things in there that I went like oh shit that's like the stuff me and Greg talk about that like you only only other Asians know about um, exactly. You know, but like little stuff, like where are you really from? You know what I mean? <laughs> Shit like that. Right, right, but, right. Uh, and do you, but, know, do you know Kung Fu? 
stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, but we went over. Uh, yeah, so we did do an episode where I kind—it wasn't focused on that, but I kind of talked about that and uh, and in the this over sexualization of uh, sex objects, the Asian female, yeah, and absolutely to be kind of correlated to what the shootings in Atlanta kind of capped a, a bunch of this stuff off, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's a tough time to be a woman, and it's a tough time to be an Asian. But yeah, so. I brought that up just moments ago because, um, you know, you really kind of captured really well the nuances of, um, you know, things that, that we, that we deal with, right? Like we don't, um, even in, even in, I can't help but to be almost apologetic about it, right? Like I, I, it's just written into the code of being an Asian person that we don't want to make waves and we're not outwardly demonstrative. You know, and uh, we just sit back and we do your taxes or we, you know, uh, take I care of your bedside or whatever the whatever the hell. Just generally, you know what I mean? And uh, we're, we're, quote, unquote, we're good, good minorities. Good, good, good little minorities. Model Go minorities, ahead. I think. It's Model called. minority, yeah. And right now it's a time where it's like, hey, if you have all that inner rage, you know, let it fly because it's the right time, unfortunately, because so so many, um, you know, hate crimes are happening right now. So I obviously have a huge problem with it. Um, it makes me angry, but, you know, I beneath know. anger is, is yeah, beneath anger, beneath anger is hurt. And do you remember, um, even before this giant spotlight was shown upon it, obviously Atlanta really highlighted it. I was, you know, you and I were talking about how upset I was about this Filipino man that got knelt on and killed and got very little coverage. He happened to be Filipino. Uh, last name is King. We were going to yeah. talk about it before uh, the boat went off the off the water. Absolutely. Well, his last name is Quinto. I have to get his first name. It's on the top of my mind. It should be. But how, how do you say it? Uh, Quinto. I believe his last name was Quinto. I'm going to fact check that. But it took place out Quinto? in California. Yeah, Quinto. Q U I N T O. Oh, okay, Quinto. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. He um, took place in the Bay Area. He's gone. He's dead at the hands of police. And. Um, I, I don't know. You saying I mean, that you could hear his accent of saying, and you know that accent because your mom and dad have, that, ab- and your family has that Filipino accent where he his was name is Angelo. Yeah, absolutely. Angelo. So his name is Angelo Quinto. Okay, and the thing that hit me was in the video, his mom is talking. You know what happened? What did you do? But she's speaking yeah. in an accent of which I've heard my entire life. And every time it drives something home like that, it immediately makes me think, well, there's my mom, there's my aunt, and it becomes so personal. And uh, that's how this entire, if I had to encapsulate it, that's, what, that, that's how this whole thing feels. It feels so personal. And I can only imagine, how, and I'd like to know how you feel, too, um, as an as a Asian-American person, you know, in this, uh, in this time. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it's, just, it's, it's, it's wrong, and it's, uh, yeah. it's rough. Well, I'm kind of uh, glad that there's the exposure to, to, like, some of the things that have been going on and the idea that the whole, like, um, demystification or the the addressing of the um, model minority mm-hmm. thing. First of all, mo- model minority, I never got the fucking memo. You know what I mean? I was right. out there doing things. Nor did but I. here's the thing with me. Culturally, I'm not culturally Asian. My dad was Korean. For those that don't know, my dad was Korean. Like a real renegade. He he just jumped ship. And, uh, oh, maybe we're so, this is some of this abandonment issue with the captain. <laughs> the captain really hurt me so bad. But he jumped ship, and it was me and mom, oh, Mama C, who at yeah. the time was Mama Kim, in my original last name. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was married in, so Mama K. So culturally, I didn't grow up knowing uh, a lot of Asians, and I wasn't around a lot of Asians. Um, 
I felt like the other was made to feel like the other and, and all that stuff. I knew I looked different. And I remember some of my earliest memories were people asking my mom if she adopted me. Like, oh, he's so cute. Did you adopt him? And I remember her kind of getting offended and stuff. So I didn't know that much about that stuff. So I don't – I've never been your stereotypical Asian, right? I, I, I don't have that, like, demure, like, keep quiet type thing. You know, that was never instilled in me. I wasn't around it. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that like it's a wonderful thing because now I'm in, uh, yeah, I'm in prison. Yay. Yay. You know what I mean? But I've always, uh, been a little, but I, I do, I don't, this is going to be, so I don't feel it as, I can tell it like really bothers you. Now, to tell you the truth, if I didn't see this stuff on the news, I wouldn't know any of this is happening. This is stuff that's being told to me. My everyday life isn't affected. No one's doing none of that shit to me. Um, when I was young, I used to fight a lot because people would say, call me a chink or ching chong, shit like that. And I would fight and I would check people. Not check people in here about the shit, but, you know, a lot of these hate crimes are are things that are happening more because they say the percentage is way up. But also it becomes, they're reported upon more, which makes them, you know what I mean, makes it seem like it's happening to everyone everywhere. And I'm not discrediting any of this shit, right? I'm trying to give a perspective of what it's like as being an incarcerated Asian person, right? Who didn't grow up culturally Asian or half Asian. And there's the, and this isn't, please, this isn't about you. Don't take it this way, but this is like something we were talking, I was talking to someone about kind of recently, I think Andrew, where I said, um, I think I talked to you about this too. Um, Being indignant or outraged about shit, even if it's completely right, I'm not saying it's not right is a luxury, I think, is a luxury that people take for granted. Like, we don't, in here, we don't have so much, like, we're worried about the shit that's actually affecting. Now, those, the Asian hate crimes are affecting people's lives for sure, but it's not affecting mine in a way that I can allow my mentality, my, my mental state, or any of that shit to be fucked up behind it, right? That like, makes sense. It, I, I get worked up in the sense that it's like, yeah, these bitches are picking and choosing who they fuck with. They're fucking with 80, 90-year-old women, most of the case, and then some guys. And it's like, but they're all old, feeble, not feeble, but frail, like vulnerable. It's the ultimate bully shit. And so me, I'm going, yeah, they're fucking hoes. They're cowards. I wish a motherfucker would type shit, which doesn't solve anything. It's kind of a stupid way to fucking think, you know, but it makes me want to protect people and go like, well, I wish I was out there and I knew who that guy was and whatever um but there is a a luxury to to being able to be like outraged by by shit that i think a lot of people in here don't really have the luxury of of being able to afford things that aren't your immediate vicinity or affect your immediate day-to-day life the type of attention that maybe you guys can out in the world and that's not to me steal the victimhood card and go but we're more than you know what i'm saying i'm just trying to figure out why it doesn't affect me in a way of like anger and shit maybe as much as it affects you and you know it's probably the cultural thing but it's probably also like you know where i'm at and shit yeah no all of that all of that makes a lot of sense and um you know the one thing that uh you can't escape regardless of how you grew up whether you're in the culture half in the culture not in the culture at all when you step out the world sees you as an asian person you know what I mean? You happen to look, uh, you're, 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 you're an Asian person. So, you know, that's, uh, and you know, so you were just, 
talking about how, you know, when you grew up, fighting people, if they call you chink, you know, th- things like that, you obviously know that regardless of, of the way you grow up, the world sees you um, in a certain way contingent upon or, or, or um, in direct correlation to how you look. You know, like, uh, but, but this is, yep. hold on real quick. So this is kind of what I meant by that was by, it seems that a lot of, so like we've kind of established this through the show. I don't really care as much about myself as I do the people I love that are around me. Right. Like those are the, not, you know, me, this about me, 90% of the fights I got into, um, were for people around me, not for me, not someone did shit to me. Right. So the inherent thing that you said you hear when you he- you see her, that accent is you picture mom, right? And all that. Sh- that's kind of what, because that's where my focus is, is not necessarily myself, but the people around me, that I don't have that inherent, like, that's my mom, that's my sister, that inherent, like, mental tie uh-huh. to, you know that's what I mean? Uh, I almost yeah. feel like, I guess, emotionally, like I'm a standalone Asian in a way. That that doesn't which, mean I, I put myself there. but it Which is an that, interesting position as well. Which I don't have an emotional, like the emotional tie in my mind of yeah. when I see an Asian person. I can only go, that could be me. I don't ever go, that's my sister, that's my mom, that's my brother, because that's not how my sister, mom, or brother look. I don't have a brother. But I, yeah. I, I do the, the only thing I can do is that could be me, and in certain situations that was me. And you know how everyone knows how I am about being viewed as the victim. So. I don't right. complain about my. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to figure yeah. this out of where where this comes from. And I'm not saying it's healthy to just constantly like, oh, I'm fine, don't worry. But I think maybe psychologically that might be where the difference between our reactions are. Because you know, I, I, you know, I definitely identify. You know, I've been treated as, and I'm half Asian. And but the, America treats me as full Asian. They don't treat me as half Asian. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But yeah, I could tell like talking to you. Uh, um, I really hope that shit changes for, like, my son and um, and that type of stuff. And the idea that everyone's talking about it no more, I think, gives more recognition to things that people don't ever, like, know the shit that might be, like, insensitive or annoying. And, like, being called Oriental when you're when I was younger and shit. And, and like, how that's, like, unacceptable now. A goddamn rug. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a, another thing, too, that, like... I was kind of taught or told that that is supposed to be unacceptable. For a while, it wasn't. Just like the word colored wasn't a right. bad thing for a while. And then you learn, like, oh, that that's not right. And, you know, uh, so the same thing kind of happened with Oriental. And I understand why and shit. Um, but, yeah, it's. Um, I, I feel relief that a lot of this stuff's being talked about. But I have more of this approach to it. When it has to do with me, which I guess is how I'm kind of identifying with this, it's, uh, I'll be fine. Yeah, it sucks. What, you guys didn't know this was happening? Yeah, this happens. Oh, you didn't know this? Yeah, that's, that is, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah. talking to you, I remember you You really were upset that uh, the one, the Quinto guy's name wasn't wasn't put out there because it didn't fit. I believe didn't fit the narrative of the um, of the, the the police violence narrative, which was that it's they're violent against black people, which is true. Yeah, you know what I mean. And if it yeah. doesn't fit the narrative, then it doesn't get any play. And this guy wasn't dark enough to get the play that we probably should have. You have one minute remaining. You know what I mean? Been talking about. Yeah. And I remember telling you, send me his name. Like I'll put it on the show, and then the show stopped for a little while, so like I wasn't able to. 
Yeah, and we're putting it down now. But no, there's no yeah. denying that uh, all this stuff going on. Definitely, I'm not. I'm not uh, unaware that it plays, uh, preys rather on my, um, you know, psychological or, or emotional, you know, shortcomings or, or experiences and stuff like that. It just brings out, you know, it's a, it's a triggering thing. It's a hot button for sure. Yeah, and then tied in with this, like everything that's been going on too since we've last been able to put something out, is the, the Derek Chauvin trials on right now. You been catching any of this? Yes, absolutely. Me too. Been, been watching it. And I have a couple observations. First of all, when it first came on, I didn't barely notice the guy balding and he's got his mask on. And I'm like, who's the guy with the furrowed brow, like furiously <laughs> jotting notes down? I'm like, oh, that's that fucking murderer. That's that that's fucking him. piece of shit. And what is he writing? Has anyone got any fucking guesses of what he was? Cause that... Thank you for using GTL. Yo. All right, oh. so this is, uh, we'll fucking, we'll knock this last one out. I've been in line sure. for just you know, jerking people around behind me for a while now. So, yeah, yeah so the Chauvin thing is, uh, it's, it's hard to watch. And then, um, seeing his, uh, defense attorney get up there, I just really realized, like, I'm like, everyone hates Chauvin, right? That's easy. Yeah. That dude's a piece of shit. And you just know he is. Like, I've dealt with cops like that before in my life. And I think everyone's seen people like that. But seeing, his defense attorney with the express job of getting up there and defending what this dude did. Oh, how does this guy live with himself? And he has got to be the second most hated person in the country right now. If not the most. Absolutely. I mean, it's painful to watch this fucking turd, uh, be on there and try to uh, justify this guy fucking just blatantly murdering a human being on camera with, Everyone shouting around, oh, the EMT lady that's a firefighter at, uh, down the road. And she's like, check his pulse. And, like, everything they could use for an excuse was, like, countered by people that were there in the moment. And, and also George Floyd saying, you're killing me, you're killing me. You know what I mean? So you can't yeah. be like, I didn't know, you know. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, I've caught a number of clips and each witness, it just gets sadder and sadder. And you can really see the ripple effect of people that were completely and forever changed by what they witnessed that day. That man is a monster, stone cold killer. You know, I wonder if he has any remorse. I don't know. He's just, he's just, uh, he's a monster. And you're right. You bring up a good point. You know, who chooses to defend this guy? I mean, what, what kind of, what, how could you, um, I don't know. Um, maybe that's, <laughs> I, I can't. Yeah, well, I can't someone has to, right? Like, no matter what, someone was going to, right? They, someone would have to. Yeah. But um, I, I don't know. Like, there's like that argument, like, uh, in, in, you know, in Nazi Germany, it was like, well, if I didn't do it, someone else was. And it's like, right. yeah, unless everyone wasn't a piece of shit and everyone said no. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know. It's just um, I can't imagine. Because everyone does deserve, like, I'm, I'm usually on the other side yeah. of that, folks. Due process. Yeah, everyone deserves to, but, ugh. Ugh, is right. Just, if he was a man, listen, if he had any fucking self-worth left, he would have been like, yep, I'm guilty. Sentence me. I deserve to go to prison for life. And I'm not going to put anyone through a trial. I'm not going to make some other guy get up here and defend my actions. I'll take a life sentence. You know what yeah. I mean? Yep. Yeah, his name, by the way, folks that are out there that don't know, although I'm sure you do, is Eric Nelson. That's the wonderful attorney that has elected to defend Derek Chauvin, Eric Nelson. And from what I understand, he's not exactly working alone. 
uh, you know, to defend him either. He's got yeah. uh, police legal funds, you know, backing him up, bunch of money. Who knows? Oh, absolutely. But, yeah, real. So Chauvin is that the same from? Do you know the etymology of chauvinist? Like you had to be a guy. No, seriously, you had to be a guy. No, you're right. That was like a dick. And then this guy's like, ah, oh, it's been a while since our name's been dragged through the mud. He's like, as a chauvinist, chauvinist means a whole new thing now. Yeah, you know, it absolutely like, does. Uh, it absolutely does. Everyone, His family no was in the business to... of being chauvinistic. Yeah. Yeah, they wanted to be like, let's branch out. Yeah. Like, we're not let's... going to just hate. We have to diversify. Can I tell you, let's right. also do it based on the melanin they have in their skin. Yep. You turd, you. you know, Such a turd. Uh, what kind yeah. of effect have, uh, what have you seen? And uh, obviously there's a huge, ca- is there uh What's the ripple effect of uh, what happened to George Floyd and, you know, in the Chauvin case, which is, look, nobody forgot about what happened to George Floyd. I haven't. But it was, yeah. Well, what's it like over there? Well, I haven't. See, um, this kind of goes back to the thing I was talking about, about the luxury of, yeah. um, like, with the whole Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter thing, there was a, a kind of a reaction that I guess now I'm, that I'm thinking about it, realize I, I'm having towards the Asian thing, is that people in here are going, yeah, of course that's what's going on. Of course it's been happening. Like, what, you guys are surprised now? Oh, you guys are all surprised and outraged now. And so, yeah, we've known about this forever, and, like, yeah, uh, life goes on. You know, you guys are talking about the most outward, the most public arm of the criminal justice system, and you guys are um, finally seeing undeniable proof that it's corrupt, fucked up, violent, and, like, biased, right? Um, We know that. We've been saying that to you guys forever, and if you think the most public version, face of the criminal justice system, which are the police and the people who actually interact with, uh, and then the next removed, you see less of them, but they're still in the public, is the judges and the prosecutors and DAs. But we're in the third level of, of it, the most hidden version of it. So if those yeah. other two are outwardly corrupt, what do you think's going on in here? Because yeah. we're in that part of the fucked up part of the criminal justice system. And the fact that you guys are out, all outraged is great. We're all like, yeah, it is fucked up. It's great that there's some attention on it now. But it's like, you know, forgive us if our energy level isn't as high as yours because we've been saying it forever and we've, we're living it every day. Wow. You know what I mean? That's an interesting that perspective. You're right. You know what I mean? So to us, even like I guess now that it makes sense that I was saying about the Asian thing, it's like, yeah, yeah, I've been fighting that fucking thing you know, outwardly, more outwardly, not as a model minority <clears throat> for a long time. And it's like, yeah, it's wrong. And yeah, it's good that you get, there's attention to it now, but there's a feeling on my, our part in here, like, yeah, of course it's been going on. We've been saying that forever. Oh, you guys are just now. Okay. So now there's also a thing. It's like, so now that you guys noticed it now, it's like valid. Okay, cool. But what about when we've been, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, I do. And so there's not like with the black lives matter, with the, with the George Floyd, there was a thing that even with like the Donald Trump outrage that everyone had out there, it wasn't like that in here. There's a more immediate, you know, there's a an, yeah. there's a distance between that stuff. You know, it's like the the world is telling you you should be outraged or happy or whatever about this, that, and the other thing, but we're in here, and we're like, yeah, you guys can tell us what we should be into or against all you want, but kind of got our own problems, and and that's good like we'll have an opinion if you ask us but it's not all consuming right the people in here it's not like what you would think no that makes a ton of sense i think uh you know simply put 
you know, being incarcerated is, is, is you are being removed from society and you're placed somewhere else. And so, you know, when all these worldly, all these societal issues are, are, you know, are all over, you know, the news and, and they're happening, you know, it makes a lot of sense that there would be kind of a barrier between that and what your day-to-day life is. And it does make a ton of sense as well when you say things like, you know, it's kind of like uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Your, yeah. you, you know, things that are going on in front of you, things that affect your day to day, well, they take precedence. And that makes all the sense in the world because you've got to be, you know, you're concerned with, you know, eating, health, uh, violence, all, all the things that uh, allegedly uh, may or may not go down um, in in prison. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, um, though, like, it takes active effort, right? Like, I watch this stuff and then I have my opinion, but I'd be lying to you if I said that there's not a numbness or a a layer of removal and also like being a cynic too, like kind of feeling a little bit of that, like annoyance with like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the newly found outrage for something that like you feel like you've been screaming about for years. Yeah. You know, it's like, all right, cool. Yeah. That should be out. Everyone should be outraged by it, but it's not like, like I was just, it's not all people care about that stuff in here for sure, but it's not, is um, I think you you would think like from the outside like oh they're about to riot in there over that shit it's not the case yeah yeah that I makes mean, sense we're more a little more realist about it like yeah of course that shit's been happening for a while you know you know this uh, funny small thing shout out to our friend this is a little bit inside baseball here but shout out our friend uh, Tilson because uh, something I remember back in the day and uh, for any listeners that are local and they know Tilson he's fairly legendary he used to say a funny thing when you and i used to show up right like he'd be uh living over at the hippie house we'd show up and then he would uh you know once he had a couple in him he'd make this funny joke and he'd be like how is it because you were saying that uh you know the asian the model minority and how you'd never fit that mold and uh yeah i've been influenced culturally and things like that but i too have had all, always had problems because i never fit that mold either and then tilson used to say how am i for i mean you know obviously he sounds much more belligerent than this I'm not about to try to do an impression of him, but he'd be like, how am I friends with the two most effed up Asians? How does that? The two most effed up, the two of them. I got, I'm friends with both. Yeah, he was like a sweet owner type. Who yeah. Would be like, like Spicoli almost. He'd go, Bobby, you're one of the fucked up Asians, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, clarification. It was all, it's, it's all love. We love Tilson. I mean, it was just so funny. And we'd be sitting in there just standing in the room, beer in our hand, like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, he wasn't wrong. So, though. <laughs> no, no, he wasn't wrong, and uh, you know, he got to see me like on the couple last spirals of a downward spiral down in the keys for a minute before I left and stuff. And uh, maybe he's doing all right. Yeah. So listen, uh, you know, it's gonna. I just want to tell the viewers, like, you got to stick with us. Thank you for sticking with us. We love you. And even as it dwindles down to a core, two hundred people, you know, viewers or whatever, or ten of us. Like, this is going to keep going on, you know. Um, let us get our fucking legs under us, um, figure out what this new iteration is going to be. I will contact the captain um, soon. And, um, you know, allegedly, supposedly he's got some ideas and he's going to J-pay him to me, so I'm looking for, for those before maybe I call him. But, you know, and, and, and we're not going to rule anything out. We love you guys. I know this is – we went from, like, having a mixer and mic and all this shit, but we're working on stuff. We're still uh, – trying to get, you know, back in a groove where this shit is uh, natural and, and easy and, well, it was never flawless. But, uh, 
Yeah, we love you guys for sticking around, and, and I appreciate you, cousin Greg, for doing this. And you know, we're gonna we're gonna figure this out. If and if you, we're gonna keep talking, and I hope hope you guys keep listening, and you know, give us a little bit of time to figure this old ratchet ass setup we got out. Uh-huh. There are things in, in motion, things in progress, and, and we're gonna keep moving forward. And we know it's not perfect. You know, you guys are part. You guys are as responsible for this product as anyone else. You know, you guys are, are you guys are involved and can take credit on the the, the Joe Rogan experience, and you got to take the hits too when <laughs> when they're not the greatest episodes or they're different. We love you guys, and uh, you know, this is just a like it's been from the beginning an experiment in a connection beyond prison walls and also conveying the story of what prison is like. And I think now we get to have more little pixels in that story. And by that, I mean conversations with more pebbles. And, you know, I like to work something out with J.D. Chambers and maybe Ashley Bell or Diana Bell or, or John Lee or Ghost Gerbils or just all different kinds of the, the the viewers out there, and um, we'll talk about whatever the fuck comes up, and uh, nothing off limits, and all love and all open mind, and, and things that maybe we couldn't have talked about before. We're going to talk about now. Yeah, thank you, uh, cousin Greg. You know, uh, my know pleasure. Absolutely, cousin Greg, aka Estrogen Queen, aka Sandals <laughs> and Flip Flops. I'm here anytime. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, so any of you techies, look up a, a microphone or something and a little handheld mixer. Maybe we could plug into a phone so we could get a little better quality on some of these. We're going to put some stuff out with Twitter for viewer questions and maybe even viewer phone numbers. And maybe we're going to call and we're going to do all kinds of experiments. So one of the things that's great about this is we're not held in down by any um, sponsors or uh, even success, really. <laughs> we're just free to do whatever the fuck <laughs> we want. Let's just... Uh, Let's just fucking it. ride this thing till the wheels fall off, or, or we or we drive off a cliff, Thelma and Louise style. You know what I mean? That's right. That's right. I uh, love where this show is headed. I love the energy, and I just wanted to say that piece that I I, I really like where where everything yeah. is at. And you and you really fucked up this one. You really botched your one chance, and you got weird right at the beginning. And uh, yeah, but look how I'm so cool now. It's crazy how cool I'm. So I'm like, look, I'm looking at my hand. There's no, there's no jitter. There's no, no data. So you say. <laughs> All right, listen. On behalf of uh, the 23 year old, the imposter knows from the pins account. Do not follow it on Instagram or Twitter or any of that shit. Mama C, the captain. Cousin Greg, all you fucking nutty pebbles out there are stuck around and are sticking around, and me. You have one minute remaining. The mutinous traitor, Bobby C, aka Chino. Uh, we love you, and uh, we are gone. We gone. To learn more about Bobby and prison reform, go to notesfromthepen.com. This has been another Notes from the Pen production.